Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 67 of We're Talking Shift, the podcast where I talk a lot of shift because I believe that when we feel stuck, when it's time to level up, rise to a challenge, or make any kind of shift, the process must begin with a shift in our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. Today, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. It's living a happier life. After all, isn't that the desire that most of us have? Don't most sane people desire a life of happiness? Isn't the pursuit of happiness the reason we do just about everything that we do? Because we, we hope or we believe that the, the doing of or having of certain things is going to achieve happiness or make us feel happy. And actually, there's a, I think a pretty important distinction that I want to make between happiness and happy. See, I think that feeling happy is an emotion that you experience. It's, it's a feeling. But happiness is a state of being. Like you would say, I feel happy, or you would say, I'm in a state of happiness. It's a subtle difference, but I think it's a significant one worth exploring. See, feelings are fleeting, but a state has weight. Now, to be fair, this this isn't necessarily any kind of fact or scientific. It really is just my personal perspective. It's just how I see it. I think that feelings and emotions, you know, they, they come and go. They ebb and they flow. And it's just, it's not possible to sustain feeling happy indefinitely, just like we don't sustain most other strong feelings indefinitely, whether we're feeling blissful and happy or feeling really angry, the feelings or the intensity of them anyway, they eventually subside. But we can make the overall state that we live in one of happiness and one that that allows for the variety of feelings all up and down the emotional scale that we're bound to experience as humans. So within this state, even when something causes us to feel you know, sad or uncertain or upset, you know, negative in some way, we know that overall we're still okay. Life is still good. And our uncomfortable or negative feelings are are temporary. We know that our foundation is still a state of happiness and we're expressing our various feelings within that state, not in place of it. So here's like a way to look at it. A a state of happiness is like your solid foundation. And on that foundation, we experience all the feelings, you know, of the emotional rainbow. But the foundation is unchanging. It's like the stable support. It's, It's the mental dwelling. So even when we have moments or periods of feeling bad, those periods are occurring within this mental state of happiness. It doesn't go anywhere. We just experience the variety of motions even while remaining in it. Like, for example, I can remain in my overall state of happiness even if I'm temporarily grieving a loss or I'm temporarily annoyed or angry. Does that make sense? 
So honestly, I've, I've met very few people who truly live in that state, in a state of happiness. They feel happy now and then, but their foundation is more like unhappiness. Their normal mental state is more like a state of gray. They're living an unfulfilled life with moments of having good or happy feelings. But happier, positive feelings are occurring inside of that state of gray. You see the difference? This is important to get because the mindset that we make a habit of living in will keep us entrenched in the corresponding state, a state of happiness or a state of gray. And then our momentum will keep us heading in that same direction. A state of happiness mindset is an attitude. Uh, it's, it's like an attitude that even when something sucks, it's just a, it's just a speed bump or it's an experience, but life is still good. A state of gray mindset is an attitude that decides life pretty much sucks most of the time and feeling good is the exception to the rule. So I think it's important that we periodically pause and we take stock of what our typical state of mind and state of being is and what direction it's taking us. Because we are constantly in the process of becoming something. Momentum moves us in the direction of becoming more or less of something. It doesn't stop. Sometimes we don't pause long enough, though, to notice what we're becoming. And if it's a good thing, we get into habitual ways of being and of doing. And it's easy to stop paying attention. I think that when we're young, we're actually more aware of what and who we're becoming because, you know, the markers of becoming, say, an adult are pretty obvious. You're on, you're on the path. You're in that, you know, initial growth phase of, of being human. But once we settle into adulthood, it's really easy to shift from that state of becoming to like a state of surviving and just kind of getting by from one Friday to the next. I just think that life is too long or for some too short to spend any of it in a prolonged state of gray. Everyone deserves to exist in a state of happiness, which, you know, is defined differently. We all have our own idea of what that looks like. But surprisingly, or I don't know, maybe it's not surprising, um, a lot of people just don't think it's really possible to be in that state. They've already made a decision about what is and what is not possible. And that key decision determines their mindset, their behavior, and their courses of action. This is kind of a fun example. Right after I um, published my book, Common Sense Happiness, in 2011, I was looking, I don't know, a few months later at uh, some of the reviews on Amazon. And there was one that was, a th that was three stars. And what what the um, reviewer said, quote, too unrealistic for most lives. It would be great if we could just will things away, but that is not how the real world works. Good, pleasant read otherwise, <laughs> end quote. Okay, so that was very interesting. Now, this person's opinion about why 
happiness isn't possible is actually stated as a fact, saying that the real world really only works one way and that way makes it impossible to be happy. Well, obviously to say that I disagree strongly would be putting it mildly, um, but that's the kind of attitude that keeps a person stuck right where they are. And they don't have to take any responsibility for their unhappiness because, well, hey, it's out of their control. It's the real world's fault, whatever that is. You know, what's funny is that nowhere in the entire book do I say that you can just will things away. But I do make it clear that you must have an attitude of willingness, totally different thing, an attitude of willingness so to be honest with you, there's nothing in my book, Common Sense Happiness, or about the concept for you. If you hold the belief that you have absolutely no control over your state of mind, your state of affairs, or that you are forever at the mercy of what you've decided is the real world. Hmm, but there is something in it for you if you're willing to believe that you do have control over those states and how you perceive the world and you're willing to do your work. So how do we move from a state of gray to a state of happiness? Well, the book, I've got five principles in there that you can put into practice to start cultivating your idea of a state of happiness. I call them my five life amazing principles because I think that life is kind of like a maze. Um, so you can, you can check those out if you want. But what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to pull three really easy exercises out of one of those principles and just uh, give you a little overview of them real quick. And if you want, then you could start working on them right now and you can start creating your own state of happiness, however you define it. The first thing is to start by asking yourself, what am I in the process of becoming? Where am I at? Am I becoming older or wiser? Am I becoming healthier or sicker? Am I becoming more secure or less secure? More fulfilled, less fulfilled? You get the idea. What am I in the process of becoming? And you can Ask yourself those questions, you know, in all different areas of your life. And then ask yourself, what do I want to become? So are those, are the answers to those two questions in alignment? Are they, are they, uh, you know, both pushing you in the right direction? Or is what you're becoming totally the opposite of what you want to become? So that's where you start right there. Take a good, hard look at yourself and answer those questions honestly. And then here's three exercises that you can do to build on that. Exercise one, three points. All right, this is about taking advantage of the most valuable resource we have, which is time. Time is currency. You know, it's, it's a valuable resource and it shouldn't be squandered. It should be used wisely. Now, momentum in one direction tends to keep you going in the same direction. It's like picture a bowling ball. You throw the ball down the lane. It's heading with momentum in one direction, right? Toward the pins, hopefully, maybe to the gutter. But you know what I'm saying? It's going in one direction. Whichever way it's headed, it's going to reach that destination because nothing's interrupted its momentum, causing it to change course. So what direction are you rolling in? 
Where is your momentum taking you? If you're feeling really satisfied and at peace and all is well in your world, you know, you're, you're feeling healthy physically, emotionally, financially, good. Stay the course. Keep the ball rolling in that direction. But if you're not, stop wasting that valuable resource called time and change course now. You have to be the interrupter. You have to disrupt the momentum that you have going. Otherwise, like the bowling ball, you're going to keep going in the same direction. So first you need to take a good look, get honest with yourself, determine if you're in love with the direction of your life and the person you're evolving into, the person you're becoming. And if you're not satisfied with yourself or your current state of affairs, that first exercise is to disrupt the momentum that's steadily moving you in the direction that's going to get you more of that. In other words, you need to start changing course by using the resource of time to start breaking some habits and patterns and replacing them with new ones with consistency. And that will generate momentum in a new direction. So find one place to start today. Make it easy to set yourself up for success. Don't pick something that's so drastic that you can't possibly achieve it. So pick a step that just moves you a little bit, just a degree in another direction. Okay, the next point about time, don't wait for the perfect time or for outer conditions to move into a more perfect way for you. I mean, you know, life is imperfect. So you're going to suffer if you don't get on board with that. I really like this quote by Friedrich Nietzsche. Being happy doesn't mean that everything is perfect. It means that you've decided to look beyond the imperfections. So delaying making changes until there's a more perfect time in the future is just, well, it's just procrastination or another form of fear. If you're not in a good place or you simply want to move to a higher or a better place, you cannot evolve or transcend if you deny yourself and what your, like your desire uh, the things you desire for yourself. And you just keep coming up with reasons and excuses to justify the delay to take action. The time is usually pretty much right now. Even if it's just about taking out, you know, a notepad and starting to write it down, you have to start. The final point on using time wisely is when you're using your time here to be cranky or complaining and unhappy and unfulfilled, well, guess what? That's the person that you present to the world every day, to your family every day, to your friends, your coworkers. Now think about that. Is, is really, that's who you want us to meet? I mean, selfishly, I want you to be a happier person because it is a lot more pleasant for the rest of us to meet the happier person than the cranky, unfulfilled, complaining one. So think of who you are presenting to the world every time you walk out your door, you send an email, a text, or make a social media post and ask yourself, would I really want to meet me? Hmm. Exercise two, strengthen the pillars of your foundation. Now, I think that we have three basic pillars of our foundation and everything else kind of falls into the category of one of these three. So we have our body, we have our mind, we have our spirit. So what direction is your body moving in? What is it becoming? 
Our bodies are not meant to sit in chairs and cars and on couches for 15 hours a day every day of our lives. They are designed to move. Engaging in any form of physical activity will inspire you, which affects your spirit. It empowers you, which affects what you think you're capable of doing. So, you know, you got to just find something that you don't despise and do that. Are you feeding your body what it needs to, to heal itself, to thrive, and to get you through life comfortably? I mean, we know that our bodies are going to age, but do we really need to help it get there as fast as possible? We have to take good care of our bodies because having good health supports having a good quality of life, which feeds our state of happiness. So I encourage you to take care of your body temple. And then, of course, we have our minds. What is your mind becoming? Life is about growing. It's about evolving and experiencing things, not becoming stagnant. No matter how old you are, you don't have to become stagnant. Feed your mind new things. Learn about something that causes you to expand your awareness and your thinking or do, do something you haven't done before. Every little thing you learn or do or even just try lifts you up a little degree and it causes you to expand and grow. It enriches your life. It actually helps develop new neural pathways in your brain. It's like, it's like putting a shot of helium in a balloon that's begun to lose its fullness and reverse its direction from rising up to sinking down. So, so learn or expose yourself to something, anything new. Then we have our spirit. I mean, our soul, our spirit, you know, whatever word you want to use. I mean, it's already whole. It's already perfect. It's inalterable. It's, it's not in the process of becoming something because it's already become. So it's not something that we have the power the, or, or the authority to change. I don't think anyway, nor is there really um, any necessity to do so. But what we can do is endeavor to develop a, a close relationship with it and listen to what it's calling us to do, to create, to experience. We can try to understand our relationship with ourself and our, our source and what that means to each of us in our own way, and then try to come into alignment with that. Now, obviously, this is a very personal concept and, and process for each of us. So I just invite you to consider it and embark on your own exploration to find what feels right for you. If this is an area in your life that has meaning to you, then I hope that you'll seek ways to connect with that part of yourself or, or strengthen the connection that you already have. A strong relationship with, we'll call it the truth of your being, or with the energy of the universe or with the God of your understanding, you know, whatever reference works for you, that's a wonderful resource. So taking time to tap into this source or this aspect of ourselves can really fuel us in, in all of our earthly endeavors and what we are striving to become. The last tip or the last exercise is to engage. You gotta, you gotta get in the game. You gotta have a plan. So start with measure, measuring yourself, measure yourself by getting an accurate assessment of where you are now versus where you want to go or what you want to experience. Now, this means getting real with yourself again, taking a close look at the standards that you've set for yourself 
Any effective and lasting change that we want to make requires evaluating the standards that we've set for ourselves. Are they too low? Or maybe they're too high just for right now. I mean, high standards are good unless they're too high too fast. And then they can actually make you feel like you can never attain them. So to create a state of happiness, whatever that is for you, you have to know what standards you're willing to set, abide by, and sustain. You can raise them as you go and feel ready to expand more. Your standards will either support your state of happiness or they'll sabotage it if they're too low. They are your rules for living. They must be in alignment with the results that you seek. So your work here is to measure yourself by taking your physical, mental, and spiritual temperature. Determine what standards you've set and if you need to set some new ones. The next point on engaging with a plan is to decide. You have to decide on the specific results you want to realize. Where are you going? You know, what does the state of happiness mean to you? What does it look like to you? Once you know that, you can start to figure out what you need more of or less of, as the case may be, to, to, to start moving in that direction. Make choices that drive you toward the result you want. Maybe it's something you need to add into your life, or maybe it's things or habits or even people that you need to remove from your life. So evaluate what you've agreed to do versus what you have to do and what you want to do. With every decision you make, ask yourself if it moves you closer to your vision, to your idea of a state of happiness, or away from it. And then the last point about this is how you answered the very first question, what do I want to become? That's going to determine how successful you are at this next phase, which is, of course, your action steps. And here's why. If your answer is something like, um, when you when you talk about what do I want to become, it's something you feel you, you should do instead of something you really want to do, then your commitment will likely wane. But if what you want to become calls deeply to you and your action steps are ones that you can do and are willing to do, you're likely to be committed to making the necessary changes and sticking with them. I mean, words like can and will are so much more powerful than words like should and probably. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to think of one thing that you could start doing to redirect your course. Your, your work is to schedule then Write down, make a call, do something that will, that you can begin doing that you've been putting off or that you've just, you know, realized is something you really, really desire. So I would advise you to start today, not, not tomorrow, not next week, not when there's a better time, just start doing something today. Even if all you do is just write down the answers to those first two questions. What am I in the process of becoming? And what do I want to become? Start a daily practice of shifting into being the kind of person that you plan to become and the kind of person you'd like to meet and that we'd like to meet. So we've talked about three things that you could start doing right away to help you redirect your course away from being in a state of gray and toward 
creating a state of happiness. Time, which is a resource, so use it effectively because momentum lives in the space we refer to as time. Strengthen the pillars of your foundation and engage with a strategic plan. So that's it, you guys. I hope that you're inspired at least a little bit to implement a couple of things that we talked about today. If you're interested in learning more about the five life amazing principles, of course, you can read about them in my book, Common Sense Happiness, which is on my website and it's on Amazon as well. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember, if you're trying to make some shift happen in your life, you can find out what private coaching with me is all about on lauribischoff.com. As a personal performance coach for just about 12 years now, I've helped lots and lots of people shore up their mental diets and figure their shift out. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you've got something good out of this episode, please give me a rating and help me spread this good shift around by sharing the We're Talking Shift podcast with your friends. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go forth. Make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.